0: Welcome to the Boater's Lounge, a podcast series brought to you by Oasis Marinas. My name's Scott Butts, and I'm so proud to serve as a member of the Oasis Marinas team and to be your host for our conversations right here in the Boater's Lounge. In this series, we envision the forum can inspire, inform, and educate our audiences by bringing together thought leaders from our marina industry partners, our friends and experts as we explore various topics affecting us in the boating community, Nationwide and eventually across the globe. Our mission's pretty simple here. We want to engage with our team, our boaters, industry partners, and the boating community at large. With us today is Donna Morrow, an incredible industry resource and Chesapeake Bay boating expert. She's from the Department of Natural Resources and works as Maryland's Clean Marina Program Manager. Donna, welcome to the Boaters Lounge.
1: Thanks, Scott. It's great to be here.
0: Hey, it's great to have you in. I appreciate you sitting down with me today. It's great to have you on and representing the DNR and our state's Clean Marina program, which is a huge focus in the industry right now, especially for us at Oasis Marinas, um, as as you know and have participated with us. You know, over fifty percent of our marinas are now uh, certified through the through the program and. We're really excited about continuing that journey together with you and appreciate the relationship that we have. Uh, this is going to be a great conversation, so let's set the agenda here. First, we, we want to introduce the Clean Marina program to all of our listeners, many of which who may not be as familiar with the program as others. Uh, we want to understand how the program got started and, and your goals for, for the overall program. Second, we want to talk a little bit about the process of receiving Clean Marina certification which includes the pledge, the checklist, the self-assessment, and procedures to follow, and then any other details that that can be really helpful for our listeners. And lastly, we want to talk about the importance of clean boating and some of the other cool programs the boating community could get involved in uh, to continue to uh, protect our our incredible environment that we have, uh, not only here in the Mid-Atlantic, but all across waterways in the United States. Does that sound good?
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: All right, so what we like to do here is kick off all our episodes with a quick little Mm warm-up. So if you had your druthers, is it power or sail, and where are you going?
1: Well, I am an equal opportunity boater, but I will say I prefer sailing for sure. And uh, it's on my bucket list to get back to uh, uh, Foxy's, uh, Yost Van Dyke. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Had to leave
1: too early once, but I'm desperate to go back.
0: Oh, good. Well, good luck getting that done. That's great. Okay, cool. Um, Good start here. All right, so let's start by learning about the Clean Marina Program. And as the program manager within the Chesapeake and Coastal Service, as part of the state's Department of Natural Resources, what does your role encompass?
1: Um, My role really is to recruit new marinas into the program and get them um, feeling comfortable enough with our um, best management practices, we call them, explain things to them, and then having them adopt a number of those practices so that they can become certified uh, and integral into that is having them kind of reach out to their boaters and guests that come through there so that they're on the same page. So that's my main role is to get more marinas certified, but we branch out into a lot of different programs, which I know we're going to talk about a little later.
0: Well, when, so, so when and, and how did the Clean Marina program start, and, and how long have you been leading the program?
1: Well, it goes back quite a while now. Um, it was originally born out of response to some federal legislation uh, back in the mid-90s that said that uh, Maryland, uh, as well as other coastal states, needed to do more to reduce pollution from a number of industry sectors, and uh, particularly uh, non-point source pollution, which is really what runs off the land when we are working on our boats or, you know, parking lots and things like that. So, um that was identified in the 90s. This program was developed and launched in 98, 99. Uh, I was brought on board at that time as the boating instructor. I shouldn't say instructor, but yeah, a boater outreach and education person. And um, then my supervisor, who was great and had really developed the program, uh, retired and went up to Maine. And so I took over the helm of her role in about hey. 2000.
0: Okay, and uh, so, so 22 years now with the program, how many uh, Maryland Clean Marinas are, are certified today?
1: Today we have about 145 Clean Marinas in Maryland, and that is about 25% of the overall marina population, and, and that was really our target goal. Um, so right now we're hovering there. We want to get more. <laughs> What's
0: the next milestone?
1: Uh, I would like to see us get up back up over 150 again. Uh, 150 was really the target number. Uh, some have come and gone uh, over the years because ownership changes, staff changes, and, and so you have to kind of, the, the certification doesn't transfer with ownership. So if, if the marina A is sold and they were a clean marina, then I have to go in and meet with those new folks and kind of teach them everything. And as, um, as you all know here at Oasis, there's been a lot of turnover in the marina industry in the last 10 years or so. And, and it continues, but it's good. It means we're reaching more people.
0: Yeah. And are you seeing any trends in applications or interest, you know, as you talk about how ownership uh, changes are, are prevalent in this industry and, and what are some of the trends you see?
1: Well, in terms of our interaction with them, which is the clean Marina side and getting them to do voluntary things. Um, it is definitely the shift to The corporate marina structure over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, When I started out it was a lot much more of the mom and pops individuals and any creek that you want to pick you can look and see that you know the big marina bought the little ones down the creek and they've gotten bigger and bigger or um, of course we have uh, oasis management we have other uh, large group uh, ownership uh, properties and so they will come in with their own uh, playbook. Uh, as it were. And so it's kind of gelling the two things together. But uh, it, a good practice is a good practice. So we don't have any problems with that.
0: Yeah. Um, but let's so let's explore the program process and, and, and certification itself. And can you take us through the process for how Marina actually receives the certification?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can tell you what we what we put on paper. And then there's the way sometimes it actually happens is a little different. But they can sign a pledge right off the bat that says, you know, within a year, I'm going to get certified as a clean marina. Um, It means my intent is there, you know, like I want to do this. And so we but there's no hard deadline on that. And a lot of times people never choose to sign the pledge. Um, but what they can do immediately is get a copy of our Clean Marina Guidebook and our um, award checklist, which has all our scoring criteria so there's no surprises or anything. It's all black and white out there for them from the get-go, and they can assess themselves if they want, um, take a walk through their own property, look at their own um, practices for how they handle management of their marina, and score themselves. Um, more often than not, they prefer to have me or my uh, colleague Bob come out and do the walkthrough with them, Um, they I find we we built the program to be very flexible and adaptable for because no two marinas are the same Mm -hmm. Um, but really at the end of the day they just want you to tell them what to do so we'll come out and give you our ideas you know if, if you prefer and that's fine and then you go back and do your homework for a little while. It usually takes them a few months, really, before they have time to delete, to you know dedicate to changing anything. But once they've got everything ready to roll, uh, we come back out with the manager of another clean marina and do a, a full you know site certification. And um, that you know by that point we know they're going to be um, passing in all the award checklist areas. So it works pretty well. And then they're certified for three years. Um, we ask him to renew it in writing for the first couple of years, but after three years, we come back out and check again, make sure everything's still looking good and see if there's a new manager, or a new ownership or anything like that.
0: What do you find the, the kind of the flow through rate is for folks that actually pledge? Is that a really high, if they make the pledge, they're committed and they're going to make it through, or do you have kind of a fallout in there?
1: There's it, it, honestly, very few people do it anymore. It's really just either I'm ready to go or I'm not ready to go and a time I find that most people are ready to go is when ownership has changed. The new owner comes in, uh, or if they're getting ready to buy the property and they're doing their due diligence and researching and checking on the place, um, that's when they're ready to go. So, you know, people might sign the pledge and then get sidetracked. It it really doesn't seem to have a a direct connection.
0: Okay. Are there any common items that you see marine operators struggle with when they're going through this process?
1: I would say so, yeah. Yeah. of course they're all very different and I won't get into things that are only applicable to some, but um, they all need and should have a good written emergency response plan. Um, and many places are kind of lax on that. They'll say, Oh, well, you know, I'm here all the time and you know, i my guy knows who to call and my numbers in the office and this and that, but I, no, that's really not a plan. You know, you really want to write it down and train your key staff on it, or or even if you don't have staff, right? Like who's your who's the liverboard here that you rely on to keep an eye on things, or who's the neighbor next door? That kind of stuff. Really, working through a plan is is where well worth that time, especially if you know if something happens, and it often happens when you're not there. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. At, you know, in each state, uh, as as we know, as an operator across the country. Um, And as you mentioned, there continues to be, uh, you know, a a trend and cycle where there's more corporate ownership that has um, businesses that are in marinas that they either own or operate across uh, different states. Each state has different clean marina programs. How does that work?
1: Well, it is interesting. I will say the Maryland was probably the first clean marina program to be launched. Florida had one in development and we looked at theirs. Um, And we launched ours before they did, but they're very similar. And as I say, ours launched in 99. I would say all the other state programs are built on Maryland's um, because they all said, oh, you guys already have a book. Can we see your book? Can we see your checklist? How'd you do that? So on and so forth. So they are very similar. And I will say the one thing, and we meet on a regular basis. I chair an ad hoc committee of national clean marina program managers across the country so that we meet quarterly and check in with one another and have those very conversations because we want it to be consistent for the boater. If I go to a clean marina in North Carolina, is it the same kind of thing I'm going to see in Florida? You know, I want it to be consistent. And so, yeah, we uh, we do that. Um, they they all have to be. We do say that the the bar, the bar is you have to be meeting all your your permits and regulatory requirements, um, and then adopting a certain percentage of the the environmental best practices in our guidebooks. And pass a site inspection. So they're all similar in that way. Mm-hmm.
0: When you have the forums with uh, the other managers from other states, do you ever have external guests that can come, meaning an operator
1: like Oasis? Could we come and learn? Oh, well, maybe, yeah. We hadn't thought about that. We're, we're slowly kind of figuring out where we're going with our group. Um, but we definitely have met, we met in person this year at the state's organization for boating access. Um, they have an annual symposium and we met in person. And at that, there's a lot of vendors from the industry as well as marina folks as well coming in to share ideas and learn. And we meet with them in person. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, maybe we could do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is Now, is there a benefit to separating um the state certifications out or having a nationwide clean
1: Marina certification that has been kicked around many times. And, um, as one who has a longstanding state program, I kind of staunchly am in the corner of their, they're better. Uh, but I can see where there, there's certainly been discussion of having a national banner to put over them. The problem with that is that there are federal regulations that trickle down regarding fuel storage, for example. Um, and then there are state regulations that are how the states like Maryland will interpret a federal regulation. And so at the state level, if you have a state person come out and help you do your clean marina certification, you get that free compliance assistance germane to your locality. And it is very helpful and extremely helpful to getting the, you know, figuring out the silly forms. I mean, there is so much paperwork for a marina manager to handle these days. I don't know how they do it. And, and so we're kind of like, your ace in the hole. We can go through all that for you. We don't have any environmental regulatory authority or uh, enforcement capacity. We can just help, you know, get the forms filled out. So the state-level folks really have their connections with the environmental agencies and really can help you navigate what you have to do. The federal-level stuff, it's nice, but a lot of times they won't involve a site visit and things like that. It's just not as – I don't think it's as rigorous and valuable. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think about in some other industries, say, light industrial services or even manufacturing, there are state VPP OSHA certifications, but then there are also the National mm. Voluntary Protection Program certification flags. And that's another standard. So you can you can get flagged at the state, but then need, you know, that next journey to become the national flag. Ah. And so I think that's that's part just internally. We're thinking about what's the journey look like long term? Right. Um, as we continue to, to try and set a really um, high bar and, and the highest standard in um, our environmental uh, sustainability and compliance and, and our certification programs.
1: Well, that is great. And I will say there is, you know, a national effort right now through the Association of Marina Industries to lead a, a, a credit verification process or something like that. But it's basically where a uh, marina manager would take an online course learn about all the federal stuff and best management practices, but then they can sort of self-verify their own facility as a clean marina and that's something, but I feel like that's more of a feeder to the state programs where then if you really want to do it, you know, you can call us and we'll come out and yeah. be with you and hold your hand and show you the rest of it.
0: Yeah, good good point. Well and and I, I love talking about and and it was important for us to talk about the certification program. And all that's happening uh, for support of the marinas but i also want to talk about just the the clean boating practices and and what we all can do in the in our marinas as boaters and as we influence our community um, and all the folks that, that that our team here at oasis can can come in contact with every day but let's talk a little bit about clean boating practices so uh, beyond the, the, the certification program um, other ways that the industry can practice clean boating techniques from proper fueling on the water to shrink wrap recycling at facilities and, and microfilament recycling on the docks. We can see there are many places that cleaner boating can really take place and, and be shaped, uh, throughout the community. Where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement?
1: Well, I would say on the whole boaters are a pretty good group. Um, I don't see too much, maybe it's cause, you know, they know what I do for a living or something. They're really good when I'm there, but Um, I would say, you know, um, if you're keeping your boat in a marina, one of the chronic things that I hear from the boatyard operators is, you know, people will leave these mystery jugs of who knows what, you know, when nobody's there and that kind of thing. So follow the rules, talk to the guy in the service department, ask them where I should put this jug of bad gas or this bottle of oil or paint or varnish or anything like that, that's hazardous waste, that stuff's really nasty and can really hurt the environment. I mean, it's not just something, you know, minor. That can be a big deal. And it can also get the marina, in a, you know, in trouble in a way. They have rigorous rules that they have to follow about waste disposal. And so um, just being a good customer, if you use a private marina or boatyard, just being well-versed in what the rules are there and where they want you to put things. That's a big one.
0: Yeah, there's, there's other initiatives that you oversee as well, like shrink wrap, reduction and recycling and even the clean driver pledge can you speak to some of those projects that the team's working on
1: yeah for sure um, we have a, a clean diver pledge right because a lot of boats like to get wa- uh have the bottom cleaned in the water um, and that uh, concept has been bandied about whether or not it should be banned or legal or what have you uh, so we did work with a group of professional divers and came up with really a list of best practices um, that they could live with such as you know no removing the bottom line is you can't remove the paint in the water period that's illegal so you know soft cleaning methods um, and not going too aggressive no power tools that sort of stuff so we have that pledge on our website and the divers can sign that and take it in and we ask any of our uh, boat yards that have uh, that are clean marinas to make sure they're only enlisting the use of divers with a pledge on file um, and you mentioned shrink wrap recycling and that's a or a reduction it's kind of a A two-headed thing there one is you know not using it if you don't have to because although it's very great it it presents a big waste disposal problem in the spring so we we you know we started a think before you shrink campaign last year and it's been pretty popular and we're just trying to get people to consider you know either using a reusable cover um the semi-custom ones are not that expensive they pay for themselves you know two shrink wraps and heck shrink wraps gone up so much anyhow um, but then we do try to do the recycling of it in the spring, too, through our boatyards and marinas. I will say this year I'm really pushing hard to try to get some partners to help me so that we can sell our recycling bags and kits directly to individual boaters, and more of them can participate. Uh, so we're hoping to broaden the prog- program this year in 23.
0: Yeah, I like that's a, that's a habit that, that all boaters can keep in mind um, to continue to improve. Are there others? That's a that's a good adjustment that voters that can make to be cleaner on the water.
1: Well, on the water, I would say, you know, certainly, I mean, don't put anything in the water. And uh, the one the pet peeve that of mine is the cigarette butt flickers. You know, it's just they, they drop it over because it's just old habit. And many people maybe think it's paper or it's cardboard or something, but it's not. It's plastic and it chokes fish. And it's not good, and, and uh, don't put it in there because I do beach cleanups, and then I have to go pick up your cigarette butt, <laughs> and I don't like that.
0: <laughs> hey, we've got uh, marina owners and marina managers and industry partners and boaters that are, that are listening to our conversation today, and, Don, this has been, this has been great. I want to give an opportunity here for a little plug um, for ways that, that these groups can find you, your organization, and learn more about the programs within the Chesapeake and coastal program so give us a plug oh here.
1: thanks absolutely uh, we we try to keep everything fresh and current on our website and that's really the best place to go for some uh good info and that would just be dnr like department of natural resources dnr.maryland.gov and then go to the boating content page and we have loads of information you can also contact me uh, my uh, phone number is 410-260-8773 that's great
0: uh Don, give us that give us that uh, that link one more time.
1: Sure. It's DNR.maryland.gov and go to the voting page. And we would uh, love to hear from you as well if you want to give me a call, 410-260-8773.
0: Ah, uh, this is great. Well, Don, this has been a great conversation, very informative. Um, I feel like we need to have you back and go uh, go even further here and keep Absolutely. and keep talking about progress. So let's make a point to do that. Uh, but I really appreciate you sitting down in the boaters lounge lounge with us. And before I let you go, I've got I'm gonna take you off script here. I've got a little little lightning round for you. well so okay. We always do this with all of our guests. So so the first one is, what's the best boat name?
1: I'll tell you, there's a lot of good ones out there, and there's some really bad ones. There are. <laughs> uh, so I won't pick on anybody, but I, you know, my buddy Brian has a boat named Wildlife, and I love that name because he spells it W H I L E D. And it's very relaxed, you know, calm. He chills out on his boat. I like that.
0: I like it. Okay, next one. What's the best boat drink?
1: Best boat drink is something really simple, like rum on the rocks with a little water and a lime. There you go. I like it. All right, so so next one I got for you.
0: Two more. Uh, next one is best lesson that you've learned as a, as a leader.
1: Um, I would say, you know, pick good people and get out of the way. Let them do their thing. Trust them. Empower them. Help them when they need help, but let them do let them do their thing.
0: Yeah, right on. Thank you. And then last one, you have an opportunity to bump into yourself a uh, little bit younger. What do you what kind of advice you going to give to your younger self?
1: Oh, my gosh, I might have told myself to go to bed earlier when I was younger. But um, I would say really what the work that you find yourself getting into in your early 20s will lead you really into the rest of your career. And you, you may not know it then, but it really will lead to the next thing and the next thing. So make it something good and make it something you enjoy.
0: I appreciate that. Great advice. Uh, we'll all take that to heart. Um, Donna, thanks for joining us today in the Boater's Lounge. I hope everyone's enjoyed this chat and episode with Donna Morrow, Maryland's Clean Marina Program Manager. Tune in each week for more from Oasis Marinas, including interviews with company leaders and team members, discussions with our partners and industry friends, Boater tips, tricks, and more. Make sure you follow us on social media at Oasis Marinas on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If there's a guest or topic you'd like like us to feature, give us a holler. Let us know. Email us at marketing at oasismarinas.com. In the meantime, keep the throttle down and the sales tight. So long.